marketing, advertising, branding. It's like that's all the kids are talking about today. And I think we need to talk about that too. So let's get started. Welcome to the Ultimate Insurance Agency Podcast. Planet of the Agents. Planet of the Agents. Where we give you the real scoop on being an insurance agent and running an agency. This show is all about helping you focus on earning more money as an agent and building your own insurance empire. Empire. Here's your industry-leading host who has generated tens of thousands of insurance leads. This is Dave Baker. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Planet of the Agents podcast, the ultimate podcast for insurance agents and agency owners. And if you like to be called an insurance broker, we'll throw that in there too. In today's episode, I want to talk about something that I find to be very important and unfortunately often lacking from small insurance agencies. As always, I'd like to say that When I say small insurance agencies, what I really mean is, once again, your family-run agency, your local agency, or your rural agency. The billion-dollar producers probably have a pretty darn good marketing plan, as well as the direct writers, who also often seem to magically now have these billion-dollar marketing budgets. If you have a moment, I would invite you to look at just how much some of the direct writers are able to spend on their marketing. It's impressive. I give them credit. If we were at that level, we'd all probably have a slightly different business operation. Today, we're going to touch on what I like to think of as the three easiest steps to creating an insurance agency marketing plan. Why do you need a marketing plan? That's a very good question. To me, it seems very logical. If you don't have a plan and you haven't set a series of goals, how will you know what you want to achieve? How will you know how you're going to reach your goal? If you're just kind of aimlessly and blindly proceeding ahead with your business and doing the same thing day to day, that can work for a while. But ultimately, there might be a competitor that comes in or a change in the marketplace or a change in regulations that might affect your business. For this reason, I think it's important to have a plan of action of how you're going to generate more business and get the word out about your agency. I know that a lot of people don't actually have any sort of marketing plan. How do I know this? Let me share with you a few things. Obviously, since I work in wholesale, I talk to retail agents. And what do you think one of the first questions that I ask them is? Did you guess it? It's, hi, what do you focus on at your agency? Or is there something that you write a lot of? Or is there a large number of accounts that you have that happen to be in a certain industry? I use that example because most of the people that I work with are selling commercial insurance. What do you think the most common answer I get is? It's very simple. No, we don't. And I often wonder where they see their business going in the future because things can change as we've all seen this year And without a plan, you can just be caught by surprise in a way that could really affect your revenue and your livelihood. 
One of the great things about also having a plan is you're able to measure your success. And once it's established, you can tweak it to meet your needs as things change in the world. Obviously, the pandemic has changed quite a few things. Some have remained the same and others are in flux. We don't know where they're going to go. So let's talk about why you need a marketing plan just a little more. When a carrier calls you, whether it's a carrier that you currently work with or even more importantly, when you're trying to get a new appointment, don't they often ask you the same question that I ask? What do you sell? Now, I don't think that they're looking for a generic answer. And this applies to both personal and commercial lines. Now, if you're out there trying to get new appointments, I think that this is absolutely crucial to have an answer for. Because if you just say, I sell whatever comes in, well, that's not really what most people are looking for these days. I can think of so many times when I receive emails about carrier appetites or specific things that a wholesaler or carrier is looking to write, and it makes sense. You know, a lot of companies have built their their underwriting and their products with a specific uh, customer in mind. Some people call it the customer being within their box or within their wheelhouse or within their guidelines, of course, but... It's just so shocking to me how many people don't have an answer for this. I I understand. Here's the thing. When I started many years ago, I was first selling life and health insurance, and I didn't really know where to go with that. But the reason was, at the time, there was not so much competition on the internet, and it seemed like everybody I talked to needed the product. So at that time, I felt like it wasn't necessary for me to have a very specific marketing plan because I could pretty much just walk up and down the street and pass out flyers, which I used to do. And I got new customers almost every single day. And if I didn't get a new sale, I would at least get a few leads and then those could turn into sales pretty quickly. Today, we're competing with a little something called the internet. And a lot of people who run these websites or insure tech companies or direct writers, they have great online marketing. It's impressive. I mean, sometimes I look at the sites and I'm not even sure it's selling me insurance. It's got so many informative articles and different things on there that really catch my attention. And I don't see the same thing happening with local agencies. That's why we really need to talk about this more. Let me give you two examples of generic responses. First, let's use a personal lines example. If a personal lines carrier was to ask you, what do you sell? You might respond with, well, we sell home, auto, and umbrellas. Oh my gosh, really? Like, was that not obvious? Are there personal lines agents who generally don't sell home, auto, and umbrellas? I say that in jest, but the real question here is what makes you different? Most personal lines agencies that I talk to or commercial agencies that have personal lines as part of their business, they all seem to sell home auto and umbrella. Now, some of them will also throw in there that they sell motorcycle policies, boat policies, or off-road vehicles. And while there are a few that seem to focus on those things, something I notice is that most people will say they just sell them as an add-on if someone asks. Next, Let's look at an example of a generic answer from a commercial lines insurance agent. 
This is a common answer that I get, so I hear it all the time. It's very simple. I always ask, do you focus on anything? Is there a specific type of business that you really try to write or go after? And I get the same response over and over again. No. I just do a little bit of everything. You know, whatever walks in the door. It's funny because in 2020, I'm curious if anyone is walking in the door anymore. And a little bit of everything reminds me of the expression that you could be a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Imagine if you focused on specific products, you knew them very well, you were very familiar with the coverage lines, you knew the policy forms, you knew the talking points as to why another quote might not be good as yours. Think about all those things. It makes it a lot easier to sell when you're doing something like that. I've noticed when I do finally find an agent that focuses on a specific niche in the commercial market, they will rattle off a few things that kind of surprise me. They'll tell me some things about the policies they sell, or they'll ask me, do you have a certain coverage form available or a certain thing available on your quotes? I think that's great. It's exciting because they're really honed in on what they're doing. So why is this important when we're talking about marketing? Well, think about it. How can you even make a marketing plan if you're just targeting home, auto, and umbrella? Or if you're targeting just a little bit of everything? What does that mean? Are you planning to market to the entire country? Are you planning to market to the whole world? I mean, you write just a little bit of everything, right? My answer is probably not. Now, let's pause for a second while I tell you about one of the services out there that I find really interesting for insurance agencies. One of the most common questions that I hear is, how can I offer my clients more products and increase my monthly revenue? Well, one of my favorite ideas is creating a membership club for your agency. The team at startamembershipclub.com can help you with a turnkey system that will create a club for your clients, which will not only help you generate more revenue each month, but it will also create brand recognition for your agency. Everyone's competing for attention these days, and the more often a client sees your name, the more they might think about you. Your clients will frequently be reminded of your agency's name and to contact you for their insurance needs each time they log into the club to use some of their benefits. Check out startamembershipclub.com today and use discount code PLANET for 10% off. Now, back to the show. So, today we're going to talk about the three easy steps to creating a marketing plan. Let's do it. First, there's step number one which I consider probably one of the most important steps. It's determine the product that you want to sell and remember to be specific. Don't use a general insurance product term like auto insurance or property insurance or commercial general liability insurance. At this point, it's already important to be a bit specific. I'm going to look at a few different options here with both personal lines and commercial lines. A good example to me of coming up with the type of product I want to sell in personal lines might be landlord policies. So you could put down something in your plan like, we want to sell landlord policies or tenant occupied accounts because we find that they have less service, they are more consistently renewed, 
and it's in our carrier's target appetite. Another thing I like to factor in is, do we have multiple markets that can target this, meaning multiple carriers? Also, some of these clients might not be as concerned with a package discount because they realize that landlords might not be eligible for that. I chose landlords because it's actually a great option for both personal lines and commercial lines. In commercial lines, it's often referred to as lesser's risk, or depending on the account, it could have a different title. But this is a semi-specific thing that you're looking to sell. I noticed when I did a sampling, when I asked people some ideas for what they were thinking in the marketing plan, they would say, well, I want to sell uh, homeowner's insurance. And I was thinking, could you be a little more specific? Because <laughs> there are millions of homeowners, and is there something that's going to distinguish you from the other carriers or, I'm sorry, agencies out there who are marketing this product? Next is item number two. Who is the ideal client? You want to create a diagram or a list specifically of the type of client that you're looking for. It might be an individual. It might be a company. It might be a nonprofit organization. This is the point in the marketing plan where you really need to drill down and create the, again, specific client target. But let me give you an example here. In personal lines, we just mentioned property insurance, and we said landlords. Landlords is going to be the top level of your hierarchy, just under property, actually. So we'll call it the second level. So as you drill down more, you want to specifically say something like, I want to target landlords that specifically own duplexes in a certain county that have multiple locations and multiple properties. So right now, you've narrowed down a few things, and this is going to help with the advertising step in a moment as well. Let's pretend you want to only work with clients in Clark County because they know that you don't have a lot of fires there or you don't have natural catastrophes you have to worry about. Maybe you think about it as a place that's going to have low risk and it's going to therefore have fewer claims. I mean, think about that. If you target a neighborhood that's going to have a lot of a specific type of claim, like uh, wind claims, for example, then you'll have to concern yourself with a totally different factor. Me, I kind of like to make it easy, although I do know that there can be more money in a harder-to-place business. So we've narrowed it down to a county, or you could even do a state, realistically, but you want to look around the state, look at the concerns, look at the brush areas, look at the wind risk, and determine which are the ones that you want to write. Next, you said you would focus on duplexes. So you're not just focusing on single-family homes, but you're not going so big as to say apartments. You could expand it a little to say duplexes, triplexes, and fourplexes, but you might not want to jump over that because then you might be entering a commercial carrier. And that could make it harder for you if you don't have the right opportunities. Next, I mentioned that you might want to only focus on customers that have multiple locations. And by that, what I mean is they own multiple buildings. So, for example, you might say, I'm only looking for people who own at least 10 rental units. And you might do that for a few different reasons. For example, you might have a carrier that specifically has a program for people who have 10 or more rental locations. 
or you might do it so that you will write a specific amount of minimum premium. For example, you might not want to just help a client who has one single unit or one single duplex to rent out because that premium might be $700 and you might have to help them repeatedly with one single account. Imagine what would happen if you only helped people who had 10 units or more. Even at $700, you could be bringing in $7,000 minimum. And when you have to help them with one unit, you might be thinking to yourself, you know what, at this 10 to 15% commission, I'm really happy to help this person. Of course, you should always do your best and help everybody as best you can. But maybe you want to create an environment where you're getting the kind of customer that you really want to help so that you feel valued. Next, let's look at a commercial lines specific example. In commercial lines, I often hear people talk about writing janitorial accounts. So I'm going to use that as today's example. You could say something in your plan like, we focus on the janitorial market, but specifically those that only clean offices with a minimum staff of 10 people and at least a small fleet of commercial vehicles. Now, why did I pick all of those different factors? Well, it gives me something to focus on, first of all. Second of all, in the janitorial industry, I've been finding that it's easier to get quotes for businesses that clean offices when they're closed rather than, say, for example, retail stores. There are some carriers that have different appetites, so you'll want to check with your carrier. And additionally, I mentioned that they might have a minimum staff of 10 people. That gives you a cross-selling opportunity to write a decent-sized workers' comp account. You might also need to get them some crime insurance or dishonesty coverage or even at least a bond. And also, we mentioned the fleet of commercial autos. Maybe you don't want to just work with a janitorial business that has one person who doesn't need any workers' comp insurance because of the laws in the state where you're looking, or they don't even have a commercial vehicle. So when you narrow it down and say, well, I only want to work with this minimum staff size and you must have multiple lines, you could be looking at an account of, who knows, $20,000, $40,000. I can think of it, this as a reference point because I know that it's not impossible to quote an individual janitorial account for premiums as low as six fifty, dollars or you might even have access to something even lower. Who knows? And that might not be what you want to do. Perhaps you want to focus on something a little bit bigger, and this is a, a good way to get started. Let's look at part three. This is the million-dollar question. Where and how can I reach these new target clients I've created? This, again, is the million-dollar question. It's the golden ticket. I hear people ask all the time, well, how do I reach that exact person? How do I get them? Well, if everyone just had the answer to that, then they would be doing it. It takes time, okay? First, you have to do your research. Look, this is not instant, okay? It takes time to do your research and understand how to market to a certain group of people. It doesn't just happen overnight. So one way to do research is to look at social media platforms and their marketing. With a lot of social media, you can target people who meet very specific criteria. Now, I understand that sometimes social media advertising can be quite expensive, but the more you drill down and you limit your audience, 
it might help you to reduce the cost. Next, after you've done that, you'll determine where to reach the audience. And then finally, what form of advertising works? Is it going to be Facebook ads? Is that what you're going to do? Are you going to run ads on social media at all? You do have to consider that there are businesses that don't really look at social media for their business specifically, although the owners might be on there. What else could you do? Is it cold calling? I can't tell you how many cold calls I still get in a month. It's surprisingly quite a few. But you know what? Some of these people are amazing salespeople. I also receive a variety of unsolicited emails from all over the world. And some of them have compelling offers. And you know what? From time to time, I click them. I would not advise that you jump on the spam email wagon because there are a lot of consequences for things like that. You could have problems with your domain or you might be violating some type of rule. So you want to determine how you're going to reach these people. So you've got your social media ads. You've got cold calling. You could run advertisements in some sort of newsletter or other group where you can reach a large number of people. Or maybe it's something else. I was going to bring up attending conventions, which is really actually one of my favorite things to do. I love going to trade shows. Did you know that trade showing is actually a verb people use for going to trade shows? It's, it's very interesting. But today with what's going on, obviously we don't have a lot of opportunities to attend conventions. But keep in mind that there are virtual conventions going on for quite a few industries. If you do a quick search, you'll find countless virtual conventions going on. And some of this modern software is great. You feel like you're there. It doesn't have the same personal touch, but it's still a nice thing to do to feel like you're participating. One other thing you could consider is putting on a webinar. Modern technology makes it so easy to put on a webinar, and I'd say there's quite a bit of free software out there. You know, the free software is going to have a limitation of, say, 50 attendees, but do you even think you're going to get 50 attendees? And if you're getting 500 attendees on your insurance webinar for a certain business or a certain type of customer, well, good job. That means that you could probably spend some money on the software. So let's end this episode by looking at today's takeaways. My number one is what I consider the most important thing. Be specific in your marketing design a plan with specificity. Number two, review the three basic steps to create a marketing plan. These are often very simple steps that I like to call a high-level layout for the marketing plan. You're going to need to, as I like to say, drill down. You're going to need to create like a hierarchy or a tree for your marketing plan. It could actually just be a flow chart, but you can start with the three basic steps and add more as you need. One thing I like to add at the end is a deadline and a goal. So I want to set dates for when I'm going to complete these tasks and what I hope to achieve from them. For example, I might say I want to complete these tasks in one month and I expect to receive 50 new leads from them. And then after that one month, we can see what happens. We can see what the results are and start tweaking the plan. And, of course, you'll need to execute it. Don't just talk about something if you're not going to do it, okay? We've all done this. 
we, a lot of us who are entrepreneurial or who own a business or even just insurance agents who talk to a lot of customers, they're filled with ideas and they think of things they're going to do. And I've done this too. It's okay. We all want to do a lot of things, but make sure that if you're going to do this, you commit to it, you set a deadline so you can work on it and then execute the plan to see the results. And lastly, remember, it doesn't just happen overnight. But if you do not have a plan and a set of goals with a schedule and a timeline, then you could just be running your business aimlessly in the future. Things are changing. I remember how it was. In fact, there's a time before I was in business. People tell me stories of the 80s and the 90s where they would just have clients walk in when they threw a sign up on the wall or they would run an ad in the yellow pages. Today, a lot of us use those phone books to prop up our monitors so we have better line of sight when we're typing. But look, as the world changes, we need to change our strategies. If you have zero marketing plan at all, then this is a decent start. If you've already got a marketing plan, you might need to tweak it and adjust it as things are changing. In the commercial world, I imagine that we'll see new careers and new businesses that we did not think of before. I mean, how many people thought that you would see all of these mask manufacturers popping up on the internet? I can't tell you how many Instagram ads I was seeing for mask manufacturers or equipment sales for personal protective equipment. In the personal lines world, we're seeing people who just aren't driving anymore. I think of people who tell me things like, gosh, I used to commute an hour each way, and now I don't drive at all. I just go to the supermarket or I run some errands. Work at home has certainly changed a lot of the world. Not everybody loves it, but it's probably here to stay for a lot of industries. So this is affecting a lot of businesses. This new thing that's going on is causing people to work differently. It's creating new industries, which I think is exciting. That means there's more opportunity for us. And you could be on the forefront of some of that. The example I gave of mask manufacturing, that's probably a little harder to quote, but there are other things out there. I've seen these new devices that will help you open a door with like a key-shaped item. It's pretty interesting. Now, at the same time, there are going to be industries that disappear. Remember renting videos on VHS? I remember when it was fun to rent a Nintendo game for the weekend, and you just got to play it for a few days, and it was just so exciting. It seems like so long ago now, doesn't it? Anyway, thanks again for joining me on another episode of the show. I cannot tell you how great it is to see the listenership growing. I see that new people are downloading the show, and I'm really happy to be there and hope that I can help you with my insights and share my experiences so that... One, you can learn from the things that I've done. And two, hopefully you can avoid time-wasting mistakes so you can focus on building your business. If you're an agency owner or you're a commission-based sales agent or broker, then you're an entrepreneur. And, you know, your time is valuable and limited. You've got to divide it between following your passions, following opportunities, and then probably family time, some personal time. So I appreciate you spending about 30 minutes with me once again today. As always, a quick reminder, I'd love to get your comments and emails and story ideas for the show. You can email me at dave at planetoftheagents.com. 
Once again, that's Dave at planetoftheagents.com. And hey, if you enjoy the show, please join the club at planetoftheagents.com. It comes out to just a few bucks a month, and I share some of my ideas, my templates, my scripts, and things that I've built over the years to help grow my business. All right, everybody. You know what to do. You get out there. You keep selling. You keep growing your business. And make sure you retain all your customers with great service. And today, we're going to have to add in there, get to work on that marketing plan. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to Planet of the Agents. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And head over to our website at planetoftheagents.com to sign up for our newsletter and get even more information on how to grow your insurance agency.